enjoy that, folks, if you're in Central Europe. However, we're delighted to welcome in uh, our next guest this evening. We're delighted to welcome in Jake Ellenbogen to the show. Jake, uh, a pleasure to talk some Rams. Uh, there's a lot of Rams fans here, in, not just in Ireland, but uh, in the UK as well. And so it's great to have you on the show. Welcome. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. And I, I love to hear that because, uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've heard of, you know, some Rams fans in the UK. They follow me on Twitter. Um, I have a few that follow me that I know of uh, from Ireland, but it's always nice to hear that, you know, they have more of a presence. It seems that way, you know, like with with everything going on in L.A. and trying to get, you know, people in the seats. It's like I keep trying to explain to people the Rams fan base is pretty big, actually. It's it's just scattered. You know, it's all yeah. over the place. You'd be surprised. I mean, we, we kind of took over a bar here in upstate New York at one point uh, for all the games. So Rams fans are everywhere. And obviously you're from downtown Rams as well. I, sh- I should have mentioned that at the start. Uh, do, do, do you maybe just want to tell our followers maybe just a, just a small bit about that before we start? Yeah, so um, I have a YouTube channel that I do, uh, Jake Ellen Bogan channel. I have the Downtown Rams uh, podcast I do with Alexis Craft. Um, it is a branch of uh, my company, Downtown Sports Network LLC. And, um, you know, basically we just cover the Rams. We cover the NFL draft. We get, uh, you know, former Rams players. We've had Kurt Warner, Isaac Bruce, and we've had Dick Vermeil on there. Um, but we've also had George Kittle, who's going to be playing uh, in this game. Um, you know, we, we put on, we get a bunch of prospects on there. Uh, so we like, you know, really getting to know prospects before they become NFL players. Um, and there's been some great players. I mean, a guy that just caught a touchdown, uh, Nikki Allegretti, he was on our show. Um, you know, the, you know, the big touchdown there. And then, uh, you know, another guy, Deontay Johnson, who was also in the postseason for the Steelers. So, you know, we, we pretty much just try to keep it fresh and, uh, you know, a little bit different than other Rams podcasts. Um, you know, Alexis is a phenomenal co-host and, uh, you know, honestly, you know, one of the best that you could have. And, um, you know, that's pretty much it. Uh, we have a, a site, downtownrams.com, and I also write um, sports betting for NFL, NHL and NBA over at the game day. Yeah, we had uh, Alexis on with us, I think, dur- during the regular season. So that was great. And obviously, here we are in the, the championship game against the, the 49ers who, you know, have have had the, the Rams number um, uh, in the last, I think, is it six games and obviously twice earlier this season. But we're coming into, you know, Von Miller has kind of rediscovered his 2015 form. Um, and you've got, uh, I think today you have the, the team saying they want to do it for Aaron Donald's legacy. Talk to us, I suppose, a little bit about the, the feeling um, on this one, Jake, going into a championship game, but against a familiar opponent. What's the feeling amongst Rams fans? The feeling is that, you know, third time's a charm. The feeling is that, you know, the second game they outplayed them, um, you know, obviously down the stretch, they kind of blew it. And, uh, you know, they didn't want it as much as the Niners did, because quite honestly, they didn't need it as much as the Niners did. Uh, the Niners were playing for their playoff lives and the Rams were already uh, clinched. So you could argue that they kind of, you know, let things go down the stretch. Uh, Sean McVay just playing kind of, you know, way too safe, very much, you know, kind of, close to prevent defense at the end with Raheem Morris, but Sean McVay running three straight times to punt the ball back. Um, I remember, you know, Vaughn Miller gets that sack on Jimmy Garoppolo under two minutes to go. They have a 0.4 chance, uh, 0.4% chance of winning that game at that point. So a lot had to go wrong. And I think uh, it was almost a blessing in disguise because, you know, like for instance, the Buccaneers, they haven't been able to win five straight all season long. They would have had to win five straight in order to beat the Rams. They couldn't do it. Um, you know, the Rams, they went on a five game winning streak. They looked really good. 
Um, but the thing is, they would have had to win nine straight in order to win a Super Bowl. It's almost better getting that loss out of the way. You learn a little bit more in your losses than you do in your wins, and um, actually a lot more. And when you have a young coach in Sean McVay, I think people forget, you know, youngest coach in the NFL um, to this point, you know, Bill Belichick wasn't a head coach until age 38. So, uh, you know, he's still learning. He's so far ahead of the curve. You know, he has a guy that has a chance uh, in Zach Taylor, uh, part of his coaching tree to actually be in the Super Bowl against him. But, you know, not getting ahead of ourselves there. Just, uh, you know, really impressed with Sean McVay's ability to kind of adapt. You know, it didn't work out. Uh, you went with the really safe approach and they didn't do it against Tampa. You know, they could have sat on the ball. They could have just, uh, you know, tried their best, you know, obviously in overtime to win the game. And they were like, nope, we're going to win the game. And uh, that's what they did, you know, with Matthew Stafford on those two throws. You know, they, get, they get cup uh, open, you know, he he gets a guy to slip. And that's what happens. You know, sometimes, you know, those those crazy, oh, well, he slipped moments. I mean, you know, give him credit. They actually ran a play. And uh, that's sometimes what can happen. I mean, obviously, bad things can happen. But if you play uh, as if you're scared, it's like, you know, leaving your house. I mean, dangers everywhere but you know if, if you never leave your house you'll never know what's out there it's kind of the same thing you know when you're playing that style of game you know if they don't give Matthew Stafford a chance to go in the pocket throw that pass to Cooper Cup and then the second pass uh, that ultimately ends up sealing the deal then I mean we we don't know what would have happened so um, you know I feel really good about where they're at I feel good about the defense the the momentum that they've gained and to be honest with you, I mean, the game would have been an absolute blowout if they didn't have four uncanny turnovers. I mean, you talk about the bad snap, uh, you know, very rare fumble, weird fumble at the one yard line after, you know, Tom Brady threw it right back to the Rams. Uh, they put him right in that territory and then talk about an uncharacteristic fumble from Cooper Cup. So, you know, they don't fumble very often and, and fumbling four times is just almost unheard of and fumbling four times and not getting any of those. I mean, the math would give you at least half of those back. Uh, they didn't get any of those recovered. You're just not going to play games like that. So, you know, I've seen, you know, Niners fans out there kind of banking on this idea that they have ball security issues. It was really just that one game. I don't expect that to uh, carry on. <clears throat> Jake, uh, that won't carry on. But I mean, like the Rams are a team full of superstars. I seem to remember that Clark Kent turns into Superman, but... Clark Kent and Superman had a weakness. It was green kryptonite would suck his powers away. And I don't want to say that a large first half lead is the Rams kryptonite, but two out of the last three games, it certainly hasn't been good for the heart rates uh, of yourself and Rams fans generally, I'm sure. Are you going to feel, if they're up comfortably at halftime, is there any Rams fan around the world that's going to feel like, this is okay, we've got this, or are they going to be looking back with... Uh, not so fond memories of the, the experiences in recent times. Well, great question. You know, I think when you, you look at the, how big the game is, right. And you can't get too high and mighty. There's no need to get too high and mighty. You know, it's like, just wait until the game ends. You know, I, I was sitting there 27 to three watching with my family. I'm like, I'm not, there's no way I'm going to say that this game's over. This game is far from over. Um, but, you know, I think you have more of an argument with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. You know, I think with Tom Brady, uh, just what he's done throughout his career, um, you know, obviously you need some luck to win all those Super Bowls. You need balls to bounce your way and things like that. But you got to give credit where credit's due. I mean, he's been able to be that clutch guy and you saw that big throw to Mike Evans that's a throw that Gar Garoppolo has shown he can't make so you know when it comes down to it you know when you you're going up against a quarterback like Brady you know that it's no lead is safe in this league 
but it's definitely not safe when you're going up against Patrick Mahomes, Brady, Stafford, Rodgers. And, you know, I think that's uh, that's the big thing for last week. But this week, I do feel like it's different. <clears throat> you know, if the Rams go up to, you know, say that it's 27 to three this week, the game's over. I mean, the Rams really, unless they fumble four times again and they don't recover any of them, the game is absolutely over because now Garoppolo is forced to go into a situation where he's not comfortable. Kyle Shanahan, who called a run play on third and seven to win the game or punt the ball back to Aaron Rodgers is uncomfortable with them. And um, that's how you're going to win. You know, basically you, you get him to make mistakes. Uh, it's a blueprint, um, but also just don't allow him to be part of just like, here's the thing is the Niners are nine and two with him and three and oh in the postseason when he doesn't throw a touchdown. Now, you can look at that as kind of weird, but it actually makes a lot of sense because it shows that when he is not the focal point of the offense or any point of the offense, and they're just running the ball with Eli Mitchell or, you know, in some cases it would be Mostert, he's out, um, you know, or Debo Samuel. I mean, when they're doing that and they're able to have success with that, you can't stop them. Uh, then they don't need to use Garoppolo. He'll throw seven times like he did in the Super You know what I mean? Like So that's what it comes down to. And, uh, you know, as long as the Rams take him out of that, you know, kind of that run that they want to do. I mean, obviously, Kyle Shanahan doesn't want Garoppolo throwing 30, 40 times. If they have him throwing 30, 40 times, the Rams are going to win this game big. Um, and I honestly would wonder if uh, Trey Lance would come into this game at that point. We are, you know, days away now from this NFC Championship game. It's For a neutral, it's great to see Matthew Stafford in this game. I can't wait to see what's going to happen, but uh, we'll try and get one more round in here just very quickly, Jake. For me, Cam, Cam Akers. I know this is like, the oh my God, the question of the week. Everyone's talking about this. Um, what's your trust like as both a fan and an analyst on this? Because he obviously had a couple of issues last week. Um, would you feel confident giving him the ball on, on Sunday? Yeah, so it, it's really interesting with Cam. He's not like Todd Gurley. And I saw a lot of people trying to compare the two. I mean, they're not physically at all. And Todd Gurley ran in the 4-4, so he's faster too. I mean, I think Cam ran 4-4-9 to 4-5, but that's not the point. The point is Todd had a, a nose for the end zone. You know, he in his worst year with the Rams in uh, 2019 had 12 touchdowns. You know, this guy had a nose for the end zone. But with Cam Akers... The biggest issue with him is not even ball security. It's goal line efficiency. Um, you know, I think you could make the argument Daryl Henderson is better in goal line situations than Cam Akers, and so is Sony Michelle. Uh, Daryl Henderson could be back, so I think that might change. Uh, they might be able to mix things up a little bit, use him in a way. I was at the Giants game, the way they used him on that wheel route, you know, back pylon um, to the left side, you know, the end zone. Uh, over Tay Crowder. I mean, I think you can do that. You can take advantage of, you know, maybe you get Fred Warner and you isolate him one-on-one. -on -one. You take him out of the way uh, by using Daryl Henderson. It opens up the middle of the field for a shallow cross for Cooper Cup or, you know, a Van Jefferson or, you know, even, uh, you know, an Odell or maybe even Tyler Higby to run a seam buster, you know, up the middle. I just think there's so many different things that they can do and they just have a myriad of talent in the running back room. It's why I don't really understand why Rams fans are so focused on Sony Michelle getting his carries when they got three guys that can do it very well. Um, all three of them bench the same, by the way. So there's not one guy that's super, you know, it's not way stronger than the other. Um, and, you know, to keep in mind, Sony Michelle five, six years ago at the combine, but still, you know, it, it's they're all very strong and they're all, you know, good in pass pro, I think. 
obviously, I think Henderson and, and uh, Michelle are better in pass protection than Cam Akers. But Akers is just a phenomenal receiver. And if they can't run the ball, then they will use him as a receiver and just call that running the ball at that point like they did last week against Tampa. I mean, you know, just being able to have a guy like that, um, people forget. I mean, the engine of the offense was entirely Todd Gurley. He made things so easy for golf in 2017 and 18. But a big factor in that was the slip screens and the fact that Todd learned how to become a legit receiver, uh, not out of the backfield, but also, you know, they use him as a big slot receiver and things like that. He's six one, you know, so I think that that is something that the Rams are going to try to deploy in this one. I also want to see some, you know, use some not bubble screens, but, you know, get some, uh, you know, you want like jet motion going on because they they've been using that, but they're not. They're not like handing it off. You know, they, they did it last week. One time went for 15 yards. I say you have Brandon Powell, who, you know, already might be the best returner in football. He's been on the Rams for five weeks, already has a touchdown. I'd say use him, you know, get him involved. Um, you know, the guy can really set up his blocks and read uh, very well. You know, he's a great ball uh, carrier. And so, you know, I think you use him a little bit. You use Van Jefferson. And you just any bit of time that you can get these guys leaning one way and hit them the other. That's how you have to do it. So if you can get a Fred Warner, who is just absolutely insane as a player, or you can get an Aziz Alshair underrated, or you can get uh, Dre Greenlaw. These guys are all really fast to the ball. All, you know, I'd argue they're all sideline to sideline linebackers. If you can get that advantage by having them lean one way and hitting them the other, that's what I'd be doing. So, you know, I definitely think that's a, a you know realm of possibility that they could go. Not saying they'll use Powell. That's probably too much of a pipe dream for me. But uh, you know, I think that they'll use you know Van Jefferson over the top. And you know, at the end of the day, I think the Rams have all the weapons in place. Where as long as the defense, you know, hopefully with Sebastian Joseph Day back to help the run defense, as long as the defense stops the run, I mean, this game is going to be in control the rest of the way. You know, the 49ers aren't one dimensional because they're great on special teams. The Rams are all of a sudden great on special teams. They've become great on defense. They have a great offensive line, but they kind of almost become one dimensional if you take away that run because, I mean, you have to have Garoppolo to beat you with his arm. And I think any team in the league would be okay with that. If, if they lost, you know, with Garoppolo in his arm, then he probably had the career game that everyone's been waiting for, you know, but uh, that's kind of the, the key to victory in this one. You, you got to force Garoppolo to throw it, stop the run, and you have a myriad of weapons. I, I would expect Matthew Stafford to have plenty of weapons to be able to win this game. Yeah, obviously the the Rams have a, a bevy of weapons and we've talked a little bit about the, the Rams superstars on defense, but the 49ers aren't too shabby either. You've got Nick Bosa and for me, you got, you know, one of the, the more underrated when well, he didn't make all, all pro in, in Fred Warner, who comes back and comes yeah. back off a serious injury last week um, and is just absolutely lights out against the, the Packers. And he's the real leader. I mean, he reminds me a little bit of what Hightower used to do for the Patriots in terms of seeing the play before it's made, calling it. Um, I suppose just in terms of if the 49ers are to, to do it again, they're going to need to lean heavily on their, their defense um, to stop that Rams, you know, and the, the weapons that we've talked about. Just from a, a Rams per perspective, are, are there concerns about Bosa and about Warner being able to turn the screw and, you know, disrupt and, and kind of take over the games in the way, maybe in a different way to say Aaron Donald, but, you know, to, to take over? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Nick Bosa's ability to convert speed to power is just, I mean, it's one of the best in the NFL. So you have to always worry about him coming off the edge, uh, especially against Rob Havenstein or wherever he wants to line up. Um, you know, Havenstein's not great against the speed rushers. Bosa's more of a power guy, but he's got a you know, fair amount of speed, um, you know, and they do a great job in the interior. You know, they develop a lot of pressure and that's really been, you know, kind of a staple, I think, in the playoffs is teams that are, you know, able to attack the interior and, you know, get that interior pressure, not allowing quarterbacks to really step into the throws, step up in the pocket, clear out space, have to go side to side. You're just complimenting it. So if you're forcing a Dak Prescott, now he can't step up. He has to go, he has to sidestep, and now he's walking into a Nick Bosa. You know, you're setting everything up, and that's what they mean when, you know, what Donald does doesn't always go on the stat sheet. It's the same thing with anybody, you know, those pressures. Um, you know, Von Miller, you know, exactly. But with the the 49ers, they have DJ Jones playing out of his mind right now um, in the interior. They have uh, Armstead, you know, with Bosa and everything. So I am concerned about that because if we see the same offensive line uh, production that we saw in the second half in week 18 uh, the whole game it's going to be a nightmare uh, for Stafford to be honest with you I mean they'll make adjustments and they'll probably figure it out um, but Brian Allen you know I think was coming a little bit off his his knee injury I don't think he was 100% and I do think that's why they exploited that so well but I mean we saw it against you know the Titans and Bengals. I mean, look at what you know Burrow got the win you know the Bengals won but I mean Danico Autry and Jeffrey Simmons, what they were able to do, you know, crashing through the middle. And then anytime Burrow tried to get out of it, you had to worry about a Harold Landry coming off the edge. I mean, that's incredibly difficult to maneuver around. And so you have Stafford who isn't as mobile as a Burrow or as a Mahomes. And now you're bringing the heat like that. You know, that's definitely something to keep in mind. I mean, I personally, the 49ers need to watch the game and, you know, from last week and be like, we're not doing that. Because if you blitz Stafford, you're just asking for it. He can get rid of the ball quickly. You know, there was that one, uh, you know, viral video that came out about Cooper Cup, the replacement fire zone, where you have the nickel coming, you know, dropping down. And then you have, you know, the two safeties up top or the three safeties up top and, you know, one pushing through. And so that he found the the soft spot in that little zone pocket, you know, in the, the seam. And it's basically a matter of, can your nickel get there before my quarterback sees that recognizes it and hits the trigger? And so I feel like, you know, obviously Stafford can. And so, you know, for that reason, if they try things like that, if they, you know, try a fire zone, things like that, then I do think Stafford will pick them apart. I mean, that's what he's been doing, but if they're able to get there with three or four man rushes, you know, all game and they don't blitz, this, I mean, that would be a problem. I mean, Stafford would really, you know, McVeigh would have to really dig into some tricks. Um, you know, you're talking about maybe some trick plays that they ran against the Rams the last time. You saw Debo throwing a touchdown. You might have to have Akers, a former high school quarterback, throw. Or, you know, Cooper Cup or Odell. I mean, you, they might have to dig into that bag of tricks to get something going because if they're getting, you know, four you know, men, you know, rushing and they're not actually blitzing and they're getting pressure, it's putting Stafford an incredible amount of, uh, you know, uh, trouble. And I mean, he's got the weapon, sure, but you got to if you don't have enough time to throw, it doesn't matter if these plays, they, they take a while to develop. So, you know, they can make adjustments, but it, it's not going to be easy if they they do get that going. Jake Odell's thrown for a couple of touchdowns in his career already. So, yeah, maybe that gets broken up. And <laughs> I, I, I love you bringing up Jake, Joe Burrow there because, you know, I think we should give more credit to Joe Burrow's contribution to car safety with his audition last week 
as a crash test dummy. Um, Absolutely. To, to these things. Um, Jake, I, I know this has been said many times, and I can't remember the first time I heard it. I'm going to give credit to Paul Zimmerman, the late great sports writer of Sports Illustrated, but he alluded, and many people have alluded to the fact, American football really is a bit of a weird game because 90% of the action, 90% of the work that's done is done away from the ball. Like the ball, to an extent, is irrelevant. It's about the routes people run. It's about the blocks people play. It's about the scheme that's designed. And the actual passing of the ball, the running of the ball, is, you know, about 10% of the actual work going on. And very often as fans, as commentators, as reviewers of this, you, we can pass over all the hard work in the lines and the hogs in relation to it. But sometimes it's because, well, the Flash Harrys are the ones that tend to draw our attention and our eyes. So with all of that being said, Cooper Cup definitely should be Offensive Player of the Year and has an amazing season. But the lightning rod probably for the Los Angeles Rams, good, bad or indifferent, is Matthew Stafford. And thinking even last week, that could have gone very differently. He, for some reason, decided to scramble, fumbled the ball. Luckily, it came back to him. And you and the Rams fans have seen good Matt and bad Matt plenty of times this season already. You know, going into the most important game of the Rams season, the most important game for the Rams in the last five years, obviously, since your last Super Bowl run, how do you feel the Rams feels feel generally about which Matthew will turn up? I think it's going to be the one we've been seeing in the postseason. You know, he's on a mission. This is the most important game of his career, just like last week was the most important game of his career and the one before that. But, you know, he has had to retrain himself um, to not, you know, make that hero ball move that he had to make in Detroit when they were down seven, 14, 21, 24, whatever. I mean, this guy leads the league in, in fourth quarter comebacks since he entered the league in 2009. I mean, it is incredible what he's done and it's almost hard to believe he's won that many games because he was in Detroit, but you know, it, it's just a, you know, a credit to what he is. And, you know, this is why I never looked at the Owen three playoff record and was worried because there's context that needs to be had here. The The first game, you know, against the Saints, I mean, the Sean Payton era, that was probably the best Saints team they had. And they scored 45 points. He put up four touchdowns in his first ever playoff game. This wasn't playoff Romo. This is somebody that showed you he can play in the moment. He's ready for the moment. That's why I never agree with the whole, you know, oh, Stafford can't play. You know, he can't, you know, work in the big game. I mean, what is the big game if, you know, down in the fourth quarter, you're not throwing touchdowns or you're only throwing touchdowns. You're not throwing interceptions. You have the highest passer rating in the league in the second half of anybody. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's Tom Brady or Anrod, anybody. So I, I just don't know what that means. I mean, he throws picks. So did Brett Favre. Brett Favre, you know, won a Super Bowl. I mean, I just look at it as if it's been unfair criticism and it's been the fact that, you know, too many people watched Thanksgiving games and were just like, oh, that's Stafford. That's just Stafford. You know, they, they remember, oh, he's fun to watch until, you know, he has to they're used to him throwing those picks in the fourth quarter because, quite frankly, he had to. He had to try to make something happen in a game that probably wasn't a game after half. Um, so now you have it. Stafford realizes I have the defense playing as well as it is right now. Raheem Morris tightened that thing up uh, right after the Packers loss. Um, I have the offense playing well. 
the the run game is starting to come alive a little bit. I mean, they've been 24th all year in the league, you know, so what he's done has been incredible. Uh, but I have Odell now who somewhat understands the playbook. I would imagine he understands it a lot now. You have Van Jefferson who had over 800 yards in his second season. You have Cooper Cup who has the most yards if you, you know, count postseason. He's the only one that ever had 2,000 receiving yards in a season passing Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, so, you know, with Tyler Higby, the way he's, you know, that chemistry has really started to evolve as the season went on. You just have to realize that you have everything at your disposal. You don't need to do anything crazy. You're in every game. When the Rams lose, they lose by a possession. They don't lose 31 to 10 like you saw in November. That was a anomaly. They lost Robert Woods on Friday. They found out that he was out for the season on Saturday, and then they had to play a game on Monday. He was a huge part of the game plan. And you just can't stress enough how much that impacted having to have Odell come in and actually play, you know, snaps, not even having a practice, not even knowing the playbook. And then, of course, you had Ben Skoranek, a seventh round pick who started off the season on IR, was behind, was a special teamer. Now he's playing a legit role on the offense. It just, you know, it didn't work. It trickled down to the defense. There was no momentum. So then you see the second time and they outplayed him. They should have won the game. They blew it. And so now you feel like this time around, Stafford in the postseason hasn't thrown a pick. I'm not worried about jinxing him because I've already said plenty of stuff that would have jinxed anybody at this point, and they wouldn't have gotten here. Uh, what it comes down to is this. I think Stafford is really, you know, he's bought into what he needs to buy into. He doesn't need to be the hero ball guy. You saw a little bit of it on that last play, but, I mean, that's open. He's not throwing that if that's not open. He said that's a play that they run you know, a hundred times and he gets it zero out of a hundred times. It's the love of the game route. It's just basically you go out there and it creates separation and guys get open and there's more spacing. Uh, he was open. He beat his man. So Stafford threw it to know that you have that equalizer though, with the deep ball and to know the way Stafford's playing and how, uh, you know, basically how confident he's looked the last two games, albeit against Arizona, who at one point we were talking about, are they going to win the Super Bowl? And then Tampa, who is the defending Super Bowl champions on the road. The way he's played in those last two games really tells me it's a good sign. The 49ers can make a lot of things happen. Don't get me wrong. Wouldn't be surprised if the defense forces a turnover, but I would be more surprised if it's on Stafford making a bad play over the 49ers making a good play. I think Stafford's played incredible to this point. Um, even if you calculate the interceptions, he doesn't have as many turnovers as Patrick Mahomes. And so yeah. in, in that regard, I would say the way Stafford's playing right now, I continue him to do that. I, I, I would imagine he continues to do that. And I see them in the Super Bowl playing Patrick Mahomes. And I mean, that would be <laughs> talk about a Super Bowl with fireworks, you know, for those that didn't like yeah. the 13 to three Super Bowl. There you have it, guys. I mean, that would be <laughs> yeah. that would be the Super Bowl that everybody thinks that, you know, we all want Rodgers and, and Mahomes. I mean, who's to say Stafford and Mahomes wouldn't be as good, you know? It could be could be fun, Jake. I want to give you one point of caution and one bit of nervousness for Rams fans. There is another category that Matt Stafford leads in since he joined the league, and that is taking third down sacks to push his team out of field goal range and points win prizes. I believe it. I believe oh, I'm a little surprised he's ahead of Josh Allen, uh, seeing as the Colts only had a shot last year as the seventh seed because Josh Allen took a 20 yard sack that took him out of field. <laughs> but, but I digress. Oh. Uh, no, I just, uh, you know, I, I feel really good about this team. And, you know, the, the, the way at the end of the day, if the Rams play their game, then they're going to win. 
And, and if they have to result to play the Niners game, they could still win because of the better team, more talented, but it puts them in more of a tougher position. And I'm going to go with the lines that they're at SoFi. It's this third game. You know, you can literally erase the 0-6. I mean, no one is going to care that the Niners won six straight if you knock them out of the playoffs to go to the Super Bowl. This is the ultimate revenge game. I mean, the Niners knocked them out of the playoffs in 2019. Sean McVay is chomping at the bit for this. He's got two things. He can kill two birds with one stone by winning the next two games. He can win a Super Bowl. Finally, and I guess to go with that, he can score more than three points in a Super Bowl. And number two, he can knock off uh, Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo, who he hasn't beaten. Well, look, it's it's going to be an incredible few weeks. Hometown Rams, can they do it? Um, Jake, at JK Bogan on Twitter, uh, at Downtown Rams on Twitter as well. Uh, Jake, thank, thanks so much for coming on. Who knows, maybe we might chat to you before uh, a Super Bowl in LA with, with, with the Rams. But for now, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Always down. Thank you guys so much.